Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bruce Podcast. As always, I am Carter Spires here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the founder and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for Rice Sports news and analysis. So that was fun. Uh, I think I said before the USC game, I don't remember if this was actually on a pod or if we were just discussing, but uh, that if Rice were at like an even point differential after two weeks, then I would feel pretty good. Um, Well, they're not quite there yet, but they got most of it back. And uh, if it weren't for a whole bunch of extra pick sixes, they might have done it. Uh, And they also, after a uh, majorly bad negative four turnover margin after USC, uh, are all the way back on the plus side. So, um, yeah, this was pretty nice. This was not something we have really seen Rice do under this coaching staff. It's really just like, I mean, they have played a whole lot of FCS teams, but really just like totally dominate an inferior opponent like this. Yeah, I was actually, and it's it's nice when games kind of get decided at halftime or, or close to it. I'll, I'll peel behind the curtain uh, for y'all. My game, you know, post-game stuff gets a lot easier to do once I don't need to figure out who's going to win in the fourth quarter. And so most of the second half, I was actually just going through box scores of previous Rice games because we're watching this and I think dominant would be a fair word to use. At least it felt like it at times. And I was trying to remember. Yeah, I would say so. What's the close that that we have for this? My postgame piece, but the largest lead under Mike Bloomgren prior to this uh, was 24 against Texas Southern. They were winning by 31 at halftime, which is pretty good. I mean, we we haven't seen. I mean, you had five touchdowns from TJ McMahon. You had a pick six and five turnovers by the defense. I think you had a missed uh, missed field goal by special teams, but I thought coverage was really really good when they kicked off. Like, not a lot of long returns. So, all three phases. Yeah, and I didn't even think what you said about the point differential to be what minus fifty two. And then after the first game and get back to minus 10 is, is pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Fairly solid. Um, and, you know, again, there might be some people who would look at this and just say, well, it's, 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 you know, maybe state it's an FCS opponent. You did what you were supposed to do. Well, this is the third time Rice has played an FCS team under this uh, coaching staff. They would have had another one in 2020, but the Lauren game was canceled. Uh, so they've won both of those games. Uh, but it was on a last-second field goal against Prairie View A&M in the very first game in 2018. And then a uh, ended up being much closer maybe than it should have been last year against Texas Southern. And it's not like either of those were uh, yeah, a North Dakota State or a formerly James Madison, any kind of FCS juggernaut. So, and uh, as Bill Connolly likes to say, I think when... Sometimes teams rise more than people expect in his rankings after really sort of crushing a team that they're a lot better than. There is still predictive value in treating bad opponents like they are bad opponents. So the fact that this is the first time we've really seen a Rice team over the last several years just go up against a less talented lower division team and just completely blow them out uh, is really gratifying to see. 
yeah, and it was, and I think what made it interesting for me, and we can kind of, you know, go through maybe some of the finer points of out from the game, but I. Clicking. Gates and come out. Another better win. Down and things start close. Well, everything is. Then they jump out. Uh, had first play of the game called back on a holding penalty. They had a unsportsmanlike conduct later on that drive uh, against an offensive lineman that forced them back and ended up having to punt and just kind of uh, probably a lot more penalties and mistakes just out of the gate than I kind of was hoping for. But, man, when when McNeese put their first ball on the ground on their first snap and then the team just started rolling, I actually had to go back and look. I think they punted two times in – I'm going to pull this up the first half. Half? Yeah, two times in the first half. No, live. Looking at the wrong bunk, box score. Rice punted two times in the game. Jack Fox, didn't he have like a, an 11 punt day against UIB a couple years ago? <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Like, that's pretty stark. I mean, if you want to talk about offensive improvement, just not getting not getting off the field. And their longest drive of the game, they they had two 11 play drives but they had four play drives. They had a one play drive, a 75 yard touchdown bomb. Welcome back, Bradley Rosner. <laughs> yeah. Good to see him in the end zone again. Yeah. And I put this out on Twitter. That was the first touchdown he scored in uh, more than a thousand days. Oh, geez. Which is wild. And that's what happens when you miss two seasons. Yeah, that'll do it. At the, like, uh... my, my goodness. He's still good. Yeah, still got it. Breaking news. So I thought those were big. I thought kind of if I'm trying to figure out where to start. Okay, first thing we got to talk about. They did all this without their starting center, without their starting quarterback. So we've harped on them in the past that, yeah, injuries are going to happen. You just have to figure it out. And I think this would qualify as figuring it out. Yeah, Even no, though. it's just it's just putting it kind of together in all three phases and again, just sort of like playing and, you know, like you pointed out, like it wasn't the, the absolute cleanest game. They had some penalties. They had some issues at the beginning, but like they just played a clean game and executed well and took advantage of the fact that they're just a whole lot better of a team than this is. And that's just. It's a deep relief to be able to go into a game like that and just be like, yep, okay, FCS team, like, chalk that up as a win, and we won't have to sweat about it or uh, or have any kind of, like, discussion of any really flaws or anything after the game because they just went out and won the way they were supposed to. Yeah, so if I'm kind of putting gold stars on this, uh, TJ McMahon, uh, 20 of 29, 274 yards, four touchdowns, had one rushing touchdown on rushing touchdown on the ground. That's how they go in, Matthew. Hmm. Um, but I thought it was interesting because there was a sequence where he scored the rushing touchdown that there was just kind of these just little little snapshots where 
because so far we're two games into the season. We're kind of measuring and still projecting really where we think this team is compared to where we want them to be and where they've been in years past, right? So there was a sequence where they line up, I think it was four wide or five wide in the red zone, and Luke McCaffrey is uncovered in the slot, which is just a bad defensive game plan to not cover <laughs> Luke McCaffrey. And he gets off the ball and streaks into the end zone, and TJ just lost it up for an easy pitch and catch touchdown. But McCaffrey gets called for a false start, which uh, coincidentally, this was funny, I asked TJ after the game about this whole sequence, and he just said, I just, I think the officials and everybody just weren't aware how fast he was. <laughs> it's like, I didn't think he left early. I think he just got there too fast. <laughs> I was like, touche, TJ. But so the touchdown comes off the board, and I can think of so many instances over the past couple of years where a touchdown com- comes off the board and Bryce goes away with nothing, or Rice has to settle for a field goal, which has been nothing in the past couple of years. Field goal kicking has not been a strength. So just like you missed that one opportunity, you can't come back. They get pushed back to third and long, and TJ, that's when he scrambles. And I think that the touchdown run ended up being something like 16 or 17 yards, but kind of split the middle of the defense. That was just kind of a moment I had. And that was, that kind of bust, didn't bust the game open, but it was 10 nothing at that point, And that touchdown run made it 17 to nothing. And so there was just kind of that sequence where, where all right, it's 10 nothing. Are you going to make it 13 or are you going to make this a three-score game and put it kind of out of reach? And so that little sequence there was just I'm collecting these kind of moments where, okay, this team might be different. Um, was there a moment in there for you where you just kind of, okay, okay, this, is, this, is, this might be different? What, what, what kind of stood out? Um, he probably I like I, I think that's probably the moment like I, I think most blowouts like this have a moment where kind of a dam breaks uh like you know I, I don't know take a pick six of your choosing uh, from the USC game going the opposite direction but uh for me I might pick uh going back the other way I think it is the next drive where Gabe Taylor got the uh uh, started to do what he does, what he did in high school, which is uh, get pick sixes. Uh, so that made it twenty-four to nothing. Uh, that ninety-one yard return, and just uh, yeah, that 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 one was like okay. Well, it's pretty. I mean, that started kind of a torrent from there on. But uh, yeah, that that uh, that really broke it open and 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 kind of put things away for good. And I think. It, it, and I'm going to say not all pick sixes are created equal because <laughs> especially especially you look at like I'm just thinking like the first pick six that rise through against USC where they're they're in the kind of a similar actually field position to where where McNeese was. But where the ball went, it was thrown in the flat and tipped up and there was no bodies in the way. So it was just like, can you run 80 yards faster than the other guy? And that's how USC got in. And their other pick sixes were right, like only had to beat a couple linemen. Uh, but Gabe, he kind of snuck into the middle of the formation. And he like just had to rocket through like two or three guys. There was at one point he had like a, a, a towel or something hanging off the back of his jersey. And he kind of squirted through two guys. And I was like, are they just going to like bring him down by like 
a towel, like, <laughs> but, but somehow got, which I thought was incredible. And, it, and then at some point, and that's when I was still trying to figure out what number it was. And then when I figured out it was Gabe, I'm like, okay, I don't think they're catching him. But yeah, no, the acceleration was uh, very impressive. Yeah. And so that, that was great. Five turnovers on the day. I'm kind of, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not on the fence on this, but I'm curious to see kind of how this plays forward because I think Gabe's turnover that was, and he he said this after the game. He said we kind of studied that formation that sequence all day. I knew where they were going to put the football because it was third down and what was going to happen, and so I just put myself right there and I was ready. Uh, so credit to him, like that's that's you doing something right, not the other team screwing up necessarily uh, but like Treshawn's Chamberlain Treshawn Chamberlain's interception came on a deflection which I thought you know turnover gods we got to at least get a couple of those <laughs> back yeah uh, McNeese their first snap of the game just on the ground so there were a couple of them where you know a team that was probably less refined than Rice just didn't play well and that happens so but there were enough in there that I saw okay this is a defense that is kind of taking the ball away and not just getting fortunate, which I, I think USC actually had another tip pass interception against Stanford this weekend. <laughs> Stanford out too. So I was just like, maybe yeah. Lincoln Riley just brought voodoo magic with him to the West coast. I don't know what they did. Yeah. I mean, I was seeing the results of that game, not to get too far off on a tangent here, but, uh, you know, USA gave up more points to Stanford, which Stanford, uh, it's not the, the Stanford of when Bloom was that was the was coaching there. But, uh, you know, still a team that's uh, that has power conference talent more so than Rice does. Um, got basically a similar number of put, points put on them by USC's offense as Rice did. So uh, in retrospect, I think uh, USC is going to do that to a whole lot of teams in the Pac-12, and that Rice, uh, at least on defense, probably put about as good a performance on them as anybody's going to. So, uh, yeah, if you're yeah, looking for I think Jordan, Jordan Addison, if we're going to make that comparison one more, I, I was looking at the box score just because I was curious. I think Jordan Addison had like something like 170 yards and two touchdowns against Stanford. Ooh. Yeah. And... I remember him. He made that. He had the first big. He had the first touchdown against Rice in that game, and I know he had another one. But I'm like, but I don't remember his name coming up that often. He had five for fifty three, and two scores against Rice. Yeah. No, all things considered, they actually did a really good job on him. I was like, okay, and they did really good. They they shut down Traylon Burks last year at Arkansas. So I'm like, I don't know. Maybe if you have five of them, it makes it hard. But Rice is. I, it's making me a little bit more optimistic for when they have, because a handful of good receiving cores in Conference USA for a, a couple of conference players. So I'm liking where the corners are at. I thought they played really, really well again against McNeese. The the entire defense. I I think if there was one knock, I was about to say I had no, no, no bones with them, but I do have one bone, I guess. The knock I would have, I thought the tackling and the concentration was kind of iffy, especially in the second half early. 
Uh, McNeese did get one touchdown on the on the day, and it was a 62-yard touchdown run where I think he ran through three or four arm tackles. And there were a couple couple sequences, and they had another field goal drive in the second half where just kind of looked like. And this was before, like, mean, Rice ended the game with scout team guys on both sides. But this was before they had, you know, the beyond the two deep end. So I kind of, I kind of would want to see. Maybe I'm, I should just be satisfied with a fifty-two to two <laughs> win, probably. But uh, I, I yeah. did ask TJ. Oh, afterwards, I said that he said it was good, not good. And I'm like, hey, what does great look like? He's like, we left points on the table, maybe you know, like seventy or eighty. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely not- like. Uh, it, I don't know. It was sort of a coach's dream of a game in the sense of, uh, generally they played extremely well in all three phases and put up put together their dominating victory. But there were things like that and the mis- some of the miscues on offense um, that the coaches will have something to harp on this week. Um, yeah, I thought the the deep, coaches the ta- are often looking for things to harp on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. A few things like that. Like I, I think the tackling was was the the focus maybe wasn't quite there. Um, although given this is the first time that they've won like this since any of these players have been on the team, I think a little lapse in uh, a little lapse when you're up that big is is understandable, but definitely something to clean up. But yeah, I don't think you can take any uh, any serious negatives out of this one. I'm not panicking yet, but, you know, not perfect. We'll take very good. <laughs> and then on, on the other side, one thing I, I liked, well, and, and that kind of stood out to me, and, and I put this in my, my notes because I want to make sure I got to it. So Rice entered this game without uh, Isaac Klarkowski, who was kind of held out of practice. He wasn't kind of. He was held out of practice this week. And then uh, Ethan Onianwa had – Practice for some of the week, held out end of the week, and was kind of. I know the plan was to take it uh, easy with him if they could. They had him uh, as a backup on the two deep to start the game, and they started the game. It was uh, Braden Nutter and one of the guards, Shea Baker, at, at center, and then uh, West Virginia transfer John Hughes actually playing right tackle. Well, Nutter gets flagged on the first drive with a personal conduct penalty unsportsmanlike conduct penalty and they benched him i which i mean go for you i mean you're the coaches you get paid to make the decisions so they went into the week with a plan of here's our our offensive line here's how we're going to run it and they lost a guard on the first series of the game they put ethan back at right tackle they moved john hughes over to right guard and so if you think about it, uh, Hughes and Baker, two guys on the interior of the line, were not playing in those spots. And Hughes wasn't playing at all last week against USC when I thought I thought for the most part we were pretty complimentary about how the line played on the whole. But So you mix and match and you go with a, a new offensive line, which I think in years past we've seen a lot of issues even with the same starting five like moving anybody around 
and I thought the O-line played really, really well. The running lanes w- were huge. The protection was really good. Did I'm trying to remember, did McNeese tally a sack? I have to go look it up. No, McNeese did not have a sack all game. Even when, and on the last drive of the game, I think three of the five offensive linemen were true freshmen. <laughs> like actual true freshmen. Yeah. Like I had to look up their numbers on the roster because I didn't know who they were yet, freshmen. Um, so yeah, I think hats off to the offensive line. They did put Nutter back in for the second half, and but being able to mix and match and still get protection and be able to run the football well, I was I was very impressed. Yeah, no, it was it just kind of shows the benefit to having all the experience they have on the line is that uh, you can do a little bit more of that mixing and matching even if it's not ideal and still have guys kind of know their jobs and know their roles because I mean that's the biggest issue with not having that continuity on the offensive line is that you get guys who aren't used to playing with each other and can sometimes get roles mixed up and things like that and you you know you blow an assignment and somebody goes unblocked and that blows up a play like and yeah, again, like inferior competition, but like we have seen plenty over the last few years of Rice's offensive line in particular, just not playing clean games, just not executing at the level they need to, regardless of, of their talent versus the opponent's talent. And for the game to go that well from an offensive line standpoint, despite that mixing and matching, uh, says that they were executing at a really high level. Um, and so that's something that's, again, we haven't seen a whole lot. And so it's really, really nice, regardless of opponent, just to see them like play a really clean game. Yeah. And, and it impacted everything. Cause I'm just, I'm looking through the box score as a team, 200, 209 yards, uh, rushing average 4.9 a carry. Uh, I mean, Ari Broussard, he is a, become the workhorse for this team 17 carries 71 yards and a touchdown 4.2 a carry uh, they they kind of mixed in the others and uh, Jumo Otaviano got some run in this game which was fun to see he had 5.8 a carry uh, Dean Connors had 7.3 a carry TJ McMahon had 8.7 on three carries including that long touchdown run it just it it's when you see one guy have a very efficient day on six carries, you're like, okay, you know, it happens. But when you see two guys do that and you see the quarterback doing that, and if you're saying that you your 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 bell cow gets, you know, four point two a carry with how Rice is running in this scheme, I again, not much to nitpick. This was we've had now, I think, back to back strong performances with the running game, which I think might coincide with a really, really potent, well, at least compared to where this offense has been in the past, a really potent passing attack. The fact that they were able to do both well, and this, I mean, they were right at 500 yards total offense in this game. It feels very different, and I like it. A good different. Yeah, no, again, it just... I feel like I keep saying the same thing, but it's just, it's nice to watch Rice play, just just play a clean game, just to be 
executing at the level that they should be and letting the talent differential that they have in this case win out. Um, and yes, and please then, more of that. It's not going to be all 42 point wins, but like if you, if you play that clean of a game against most opponents, like you're, you're, you're going to do all right. Like not going to win everyone, I, but, but you're going to, you're going to play up to your potential. I, I think that's a huge piece of it. And then I want, I don't know what, maybe you can tell me, I don't know the best way to measure just general aggressiveness, but there were two sequences in this game that I think stood out to me. So McNeese has the ball with, I think, like 320 left to go in the second quarter, so right before halftime. And Rice burns timeouts to get the ball back right at two minutes. So they can go score again, already winning thirty-one to nothing. That was something that I can't recall seeing this team do with any regularity. I'm sure at some point over the last fifty games they called a timeout to get the ball back, uh, but and then they got it and they took shots. And TJ had had two different receivers that had steps on their guys and just overthrew them and then was able to get the deep Rosner to set up the field goal, which was missed. So wasn't perfect, but that aggressiveness I like. And then you had in the second half, McNeese starts that third quarter with that 62-yard touchdown run. And that was the point where, I mean, at that point, just kind of watching the game, you just kind of knew it was it was 31-7 to at that point. You're like, okay. This cushion is plenty big enough. Like, no one was really worried. But the next play, the 75-yard touchdown to Rosner, it, to call to dial up the deep shot immediately afterwards, those are two just kind of instances where I'm just like, again, we want to see, in, in engaging the best of our abilities, a progression, right? Of this team is making decisions and executing at a level they haven't been in the past. And those are two that I kind of point to. I'm like, okay, these two things, I don't think the Rice offense of 2019 does that. Or 2020. And maybe not 2021. But they did it this year. Which I hope will be instructive of how they move going forward. Especially, God forbid, if we have more field goal (laughs) uncertainty. Because... There hasn't been many field goals kicked this season. I think, what is Rice, one for two? Yeah, no, not a lot of, uh, not a lot of focus on that this year. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought the aggression was really nice. That's honestly always one of my biggest pet peeves watching football as a fan is when coaches have the opportunity, like a possession is the most important thing that you can have in football. Like they are, they are far too valuable to waste or to give up extra ones that you could potentially have. And so I love, I always love seeing coaches be especially aggressive about taking those timeouts in order to get extra possessions at the half. Um, and so anytime, anytime Rice, when they're clearly confident enough in the offense to do that, uh, even when they're already up big, that's that's a big thing that you that you really like to see. Yeah, I think just lots of gold stars across the board. Pretty happy, and and, and it sets up, you know, I think. What should be an interesting game this coming weekend? I know in 
little plug if you uh, aren't yet paying attention to the Rice YouTube channel. We'll do the Blue and Gray show on Wednesdays, uh, usually around noon lunch hour, to kind of talk through Louisiana. So we won't get into a deep dive of that here, but I think it sets up probably an interesting game because going into week three, this team was supposed to be 1-1. One one. They are 1-1. One one. They have a positive turnover differential. They just had a quarterback who accounted for five touchdowns, a defense that held a team to literally one explosive play, score. It's uh, it's wheels up. We, I'm glad that we did the USC game first and then McNeese and not the other way around. Definitely. Now that, yeah. now that I've gotten through those. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, so we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, we, I feel like we don't really have a great handle on how how good this Rice team ultimately can be, given the uh, vast gulf in either direction that they've faced so far. But I guess we'll get our first first look at that on Saturday. So y'all stay tuned for that preview. Um, but we'll be back next week to talk about that game, however it ends up turning out. Uh, so we'll see y'all then, and Rice fight. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.